Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Episode number 264, we're going to talk about some more rookies. If you listened last week to my very my very short podcast, it was more of just an announcement podcast. I told you that I created my first set of rookie rankings. I always release those on Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, one of the things that I do then afterward, remember I do all of that just by myself without comparing myself to any other rankings. But then after I create my first rookie rankings, one of the things I like to do is then compare my rankings with other dynasty analysts. And after I've done that, I like to see, you know, which players I have higher, you know, on, on uh, my rankings and which players I have lower. And the first place that I like to go to is Dynasty League Football. You guys got to go trust the pros at Dynasty League Football. I love to compare my rankings with them first just because they're excellent. They know they know their work. They do their good work. And I also like that they have composite rankings. So really when I compare my rankings to theirs, it's the composite ranking of seven other Dynasty gurus, you might call them. And so I like comparing my rankings with seven other Dynasty analysts and kind of notice the players that I have ranked higher, the ones that I have lower. So this week's podcast is going to be about the players that I so far have ranked higher. And next week's will be about the players that I uh, so far have ranked lower. And then we've got NFL Combine and NFL Combine. Then we're going to big, do a big shift in the um, a big shift in the rankings after the NFL Combine. So that's what's ahead for the next couple of weeks. So um, I would, will mention one more thing in case you're comparing. Um, I actually um, started doing my research on this on Friday, February 16th. I'm recording here on Friday, September, I mean, February 17th. And so all that to say that I mentioned that because uh, I might change my rankings uh, in the next few, next, next few days before you're hearing this. And the guys at DLF might have changed theirs too. So know that I'm doing this based on rankings that I studied on February 16th and 17th. All right. Well, that said, uh, as of today, here are 10 rookies that I have ranked at least five spots higher than the professionals, the pros at DLF, and I'm going to list them in the order that I have them ranked. So first is Blake Corum. I have him ranked number nine. They have him ranked number 19, so 10-spot difference. Corum is my number one ranked running back in this class, while he's DLF's number four ranked running back in this class. When I compare my rankings, uh, running back rankings to others in the industry, I've, I've actually fully expected to be on an island having Corum as my top uh, ranked running back. Maybe, maybe I am. I've only compared to DLF so far, but like I said, I have him ranked number one. They have him ranked number four as far as running back in this class. A little bit about Corum. He was a four-star running back, ranked 19th in the country in his recruiting class as a running back. Um, and he began to break out his sophomore year at Michigan before having dominant seasons in his junior and senior year including national championship, of course, last season. What I love most about Quorum is his jump cuts and his quickness. Uh, there are so many plays where he just jukes guys out of their socks. I love, too, his low center of gravity, his power, which enables him to power through would-be tacklers, making it possible for him to score 45 touchdowns in his last two seasons at Michigan. That's ridiculous. 45 touchdowns in his last two seasons. The only knock on Quorum is his lack of involvement in the passing game. Uh, he can catch, I think, um, but he just wasn't asked to do so in Michigan's system, so I'm really eager to see how fluid he can be in the passing drills when we do get to the NFL Combine. That could change my mind in coming months if he looks terrible in that part of the game, but I'm pleased to have Quorum as my RB number one. That could change, but right now, I'm pretty pleased to have him as my running back number one, 
And it looks like I'm on an island like I thought that I might be on that one. Second, his teammate, uh, J.J. McCarthy. I have him as my number 11 ranked. These are super flex rankings, by the way. I have him ranked number 11 in this rookie class, whereas they have him ranked number 18. McCarthy is my number 4 ranked quarterback in the class, while DLF has him ranked number 6. So I have him ranked 4th as a quarterback. They have him ranked 6th as a quarterback. The top three quarterbacks in this class are, you know, a clear tier ahead of the second three, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and J.J. McCarthy. As I expected, uh, Dynasty analysts really have kind of the second-ranked, second tier of quarterbacks ranked differently, and I have McCarthy as the clear quarterback four in this class in my rankings, but the DLF, DLF folks have him um, sixth, you know, so quite a big difference. Mm-hmm. I've listed McCarthy as the fourth quarterback in the draft because I think he's going to be the fourth quarterback drafted in this class and get drafted in the first round. NFL scouts see uh, what I see in McCarthy, I think. He's smart. He's an accurate passer. He manages the offense well. He wasn't asked to do a lot at Michigan in the passing game because they're a run-first team, but he could do more if he were asked to do so, I'm convinced. He was a four-star recruit, ninth-ranked quarterback in his class, so he has the pedigree to be a star. Uh, he can't help it if he wasn't asked to do more, uh, you know, be a star in Michigan. Uh, NFL scouts, I think, are going to see through the system, though, and see his head and his arm talent and I don't see any way that he's going to be moved from my QB4 in this class unless he's drafted by a team that really has an established starting quarterback. He's been mocked to teams like the Broncos, the Falcons, the Raiders. And if it's a quarterback needy team like that that drafts him, he's going to move up even higher in my Superflex rankings from number 11. But right now, before the NFL draft, I still have him in the first round as my number 11, where DLF has him number 18. Next would be uh, Jatavion Sanders, tight end, uh, out of my Longhorns, Texas, Hook'em Horns. I have him ranked number 17, where the pros at DLF have him ranked number 22. He's my second-ranked tight end in the class, and he's also DLF's second-ranked tight end in the class. So every analyst is going to have Sanders ranked as their uh, second-rated tight end in the class. There's just a massive drop-off in talent behind Brock Bowers and then Sanders. It's just going to be a debate about how high you rank Sanders in your overall rankings. He's going to be the tight end number two for sure. It just matters where you have him. And I have him just ranked, you know, modest five spots ahead of the pros at DLF. Uh, Sanders was a five-star recruit, 30th-ranked athlete in his class, and that top-tier recruit came to my Texas Longhorns. And over the last two years, I saw him up close and personal, going to the knee games live, and he is an offensive weapon. His catches and yards are among the best in college football among tight ends, finishing with a third-most yards receiving last year among tight ends. He didn't score many touchdowns, though, and many other tight ends have scored more touchdowns than him. That's only because Texas had so many offensive weapons, I believe. Uh, all uh, he's all it, He has all that it takes to become an immediate weapon in the NFL. It's going to be interesting, too, to see how high he goes because last year's productive rookie tight end class may cause dynasty managers to draft tight ends a little bit earlier in this year's draft, especially uh, since there's only two top-tier tight ends really to go for in Sanders and Bowers. The guys from DLF had a lot of receivers ranked ahead of Sanders uh, than I do. Uh, but for now, I have him ranked ahead of those receivers. I do I also like those receivers, some of them, which I'm going to talk about now. But they have uh, Sanders pushed back a little bit behind some of the receivers where I really value Sanders a little bit more right now. Five spots ahead. Next player would be Xavier Leggett. I have him ranked number 18, where the pros at DLF have him ranked number 28. Leggett is my number ninth ranked uh, wide receiver in the class, while he's DLF's number 14. So I have him ranked five, five receiver spots higher and the receivers in their class, too. Leggett was a player that I enjoyed watching the most in all my film study. He was the one that I, I loved the most. 
I studied quarterbacks first, and when I started watching Spencer Rattler uh, from South Carolina, I couldn't uh, stop watching Leggett. It was crazy. I didn't watch a, a single South Carolina game this season, like during the actual college football season, so I had no idea who he was. But I enjoyed his highlights more than any other player that I watched during my first round of scouting this rookie class. Uh, Leggett was a four-star recruit, uh, a third-ranked athlete in South Carolina, 17th uh, nationally. Uh, he didn't do much until his fifth year with the Gamecocks, so that's something definitely going to be a knock on him that he didn't break out until his fifth year. But it was a fantastic year. It was 71 catch year, 1,255 yards, seven touchdown season when he averaged 17.7 yards per catch. He's definitely going to get a knock in dynasty rookie drafts because of his age and because of his late breakout and that he just had one single superstar season. Uh, but I'm willing to bank on what I saw from film at least yeah, this one season. Draft capital could change things, but for right now, Adam ranked number 18. He's expected to go in the second round. And he's different from a lot of the receivers in this class. He's one of the biggest receivers in this class uh, listed. You know, at least we'll see what happens when he goes to the combine, but listed at 6'3", 227 pounds, uh, making him kind of an old-school, I got like Des Bryant-like type of receiver in my eyes. He's a great route, route runner, even at his size, and he can easily body out defensive backs. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go watch his 2023 highlights. You'll really enjoy it. Next guy that I'm a little higher on, uh, though not much, is Malachi Corley. I have him ranked number 19, whereas the pros at DLF have him ranked number 24. Corley is uh, my number 10 ranked uh, wide receiver in this class, while his DLF's number 12. So Corley could be. He's going to get comped a lot to this being like this year's Debo Samuel or Puka Nakua. <laughs> He's the he was only a two-star recruit, but he played for he played for a small school in Western Kentucky. But he was a monster on the field. He's a stocky. 5'11", 210-pound bully on the field. He caught 101 passes and had 87 carries as a runner in his third college season, totaling 1,382 yards and 11 touchdowns. His production fell off a little bit in, in his uh, last season, though, with only 70, uh, six, 79 catches for 984 yards and 11 touchdowns, so he still had the touchdown count up to 11. The whole passing offense had about 1,000 yards less passing in, that, in his last season than it did in that breakout third season, so... I think an NFL team is going to draft him with a very specific role in mind. He's going to be a slot guy. And he's going to be productive, though, from day one if he can get in the slot like that. Uh, he doesn't have the pedigree of some of the other guys that DLF pros have ranked just ahead of him. Uh, but I still like him more than the guys that they have ranked ahead of him, especially when they have Bo Nix and Michael Penix in Superflex Leagues ranked ahead of Corley. Uh, that is, that's some of the difference that gives us this five-spot difference. The only thing that could bring Corley down further in my rankings, uh, yeah, as if he's drafted by a team whose offense just isn't creative or suited to do what he does best as a slot guy. So until the NFL draft, I'm pretty confident keeping Corley as a mid-second-round pick in my rankings here at pick number 19. Next player I'm higher on is Audric Estime, uh, number 20, whereas DLF has him ranked number 34. The Notre Dame running back is my fifth-ranked running back in this class, while he's DLF's uh, seventh-ranked running back in the class. Really the difference between my ranking and DLS is the second largest um, is a <clears throat> second it's the second largest in this um, podcast that I'm talking about, 14 spots. That's a pretty big difference. I was just very intrigued by what I saw in Estime after watching the highlights and studying his college career. Uh, he's different from most of the running backs in this class and several NFL teams were looked to draft him, I think, in the third round. He runs like a I'd call him like a poor man's Derrick Henry. Uh, he's one of the biggest backs in this class at 5'9, 227 pounds, and like Henry He's not quick, but he's powerful and has really has great breakaway speed once he gets going. It takes him a little bit to get going, but once he gets going, uh, very much like a Derrick Henry. Not saying he is Derrick Henry, but same running style 
Uh, he can run guys over in the short game and has breakaway speed in the open field. Uh, he was a great goal line back with 30 touchdowns in his last two years at Notre Dame. Uh, he wasn't active in the passing game, so his dynasty value definitely gets dinged there. But he was the 16th ranked running back in his recruiting class, signed with a powerhouse college team at Notre Dame. He's not a lock to be an NFL starter, but if, uh, he is a rookie I'd be happy to reach for in the second round in rookie drafts compared to you know, some of the players that DLF has ranked ahead of him, deeming, deeming him kind of a back of the third round, not deeming him a middle of the second round. We'll see how that plays out, but that's a pretty big difference. Next difference is a little bit modest, but it's uh, Ricky Persall. I have him ranked number 28, wide receiver out of Florida. They have him ranked number 35, so seven-spot difference. Persall is my 14th-ranked wide receiver in the class, while he's DLF's 18th-ranked wide receiver in the class. I was surprised to see that I was seven spots higher um, on Parasol than the pros at DLF uh, because I liked his film, but I was actually really bothered by his pedigree uh, and his production profile. I thought I ranked him pretty conservatively, but I guess I actually liked him more than most analysts. I was really surprised to see this one because I don't love him, but I guess I'd love him more than most. I was surprised by it. His best traits are definitely his route running and his hands. He did have one of the most incredible one-handed catches of the year. Look it up. You'll see it. Um, he only had 65 catches for 965 yards in his final season at Florida and just scored four touchdowns. Still, he's a versatile athlete, uh, 253 yards on the ground, rushing, and five touchdowns. That always says something when you see them get involved as a runner. And played at Arizona State and at Florida. Uh, NFL team is going to fall in love with his versatility, I think, route running in his hands, and maybe draft him with a plan to use him effectively. Like Malachi Corley, you know, his final rookie rankings, I think, is going to be pretty much determined significantly by which team or which offensive minds uh, draft him. I'll keep him ranked here uh, higher than the deal off guys for now until we get a little bit more information. Three more guys to talk about. Next would be Spencer Rattler. I have him ranked number 29 in this class, Superflex ranking, and they have him ranked number 36. He's my seventh ranked quarterback in the class, and he's also DLS seventh ranked quarterback. So he's the start of that third tier of quarterbacks. In Superflex leagues, though, I think that Rattler uh, could be the steal of this year's draft. Of course, it all depends, you know, on where he lands. If he's drafted by a team where he can compete immediately, I think his value is going to rise pretty significantly. However, if he's, if he's drafted, you know, in a team with a veteran quarterback, really just to kind of be his successor, I think he'll become, you know, kind of one of the a, a sneaky pick in this year's rookie drafts. I'm always careful to remember when players who, you know, the players that were once thought to be among the top players in Debbie leagues, and there was a short time when Rattler was uh, a top prospect in Debbie leagues. He definitely fell on hard times after being replaced at Oklahoma by Caleb Williams. He had a modest comeback after transferring to South Carolina in a pretty good last year. His reported attitude problems have been corrected. It seems, sounds like he became a real uh, senior leader for South Carolina. And he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl, even though they only played a few series. Kind of hard to name an MVP there, but he did well in that Senior Bowl, both practices and the game. His young, you know, five-star Debbie Darling pedigree makes him a player that I'm eager to take a chance on maybe earlier than the other, you know, pros at DLF are willing to take a chance on him in Superflex Leagues. Next guy, two more, would be Javon Baker. Uh, number 30 in my rankings, number 55 in DLS rankings, so 25-point difference. So Baker is my 19th-ranked uh, wide receiver in this class, but he's DLS 24th, so we're not too far off there, but then 25 spots difference in our overall rankings. Uh, Baker's by far going to be the player that I have ranked higher than almost all the pros at DLF, and it's going to be probably one that I have ranked higher than most uh, Dynasty analysts as I start to look at others, too which makes, he th makes me think he could be this year's Puka Nakua like he was for me last year, especially since he's also, like Nakua predicted to be, a fifth-round uh, NFL draft pick. 
Uh, to begin with, he was a four-star recruit that was signed with Alabama before transferring to Central Florida. Uh, that could be a pro and a con. You know that that's the kind of recruit that he was. It could be a con because it showed that he didn't make it at Alabama and had to transfer out. Well, like he just said, he did next to nothing at, at Alabama. He had only had 108 uh, yards. Um, only, didn't do much at Alabama, but no, sorry. When he went to Central Florida, though, he blew up. He had 108 receptions for 1,935 yards and 12 touchdowns at Central Florida in those last seasons. Uh, he's an excellent outside receiver who I think specializes in contested catches, kind of those back shoulder throws. You see a lot of those on the sideline if you watch his highlights. He's fantastic at making corners miss, too, when they're playing off, and he just does a quick uh, you know, short stop route. He can make that first guy that tries to tackle him miss every time. He's so good at it. His skills are needed you know, by ex-receivers ex in the league that play that position, and he has all of them. Uh, he's not the tallest guy with just being 6'1", but he's 210 pounds and has a lot of fight to his game. You can see when he runs with the ball, he's he's uh, not afraid. <laughs> he is very, very aggressive. Uh, next to Xavier Leggett, this was my second favorite, uh, second favorite player to watch on film. So no matter his draft capital, he's a player that I think I'm going to reach on most in this next year. All right, and the last guy would be uh, Brendan Rice. I have him ranked number 36, where the pros at DLF have him number 44. Uh, Rice is my 21st ranked wide receiver in the class, and he's DLS 21st, so we both have him ranked 21st. Uh, Brendan Rice is the son of Jerry Rice. you got to keep that in mind. So the man does have plenty of uh, biological pedigree, we'll say. He was a four-star recruit. It was a 12th ranked receiver in his class, but his college production was actually pretty weak with a career-high 45 catches last season for 791 yards in his final season at Southern California. Still, in that season, he scored 12 touchdowns. And that kind of touchdown production usually translates to NFL success. His final touchdown rate, his family name, uh, make him a rookie. But I'm actually a little higher on the most of the dynasty analysis, it looks like. The DLF pros and I both have him ranked as the 21st ranked wide receiver, like I said. But I have a lot more of the third and fourth. They, they have a lot more of the third and fourth tier running backs ranked ahead of Rice. Uh, most of the running backs in that class I don't think have the ceiling or the upside that Rice does. So I have him ranked higher than those running backs. Like Xavier Leggett, uh, Rice caught my eye when studying film of Caleb Williams. I was just watching that. I was like, why, why does this guy keep catching all these balls and all these touchdowns? He stood out to me as a downfield weapon, a touchdown maker. Uh, he's likely a day three draft pick in the NFL, and his draft capital could make him fall in my rankings, but I would not be surprised to see a team maybe take a stab on him a little bit earlier, maybe even in the third round instead of in the fourth or fifth. In which case, you know, he'd remain right here as a third round consideration, very end of the third round in my rookie rankings at rank number 36. All right, that's my first honest look, comparing my uh, my dynasty rankings with the pros at DLF, and these are 10 guys that I have ranked higher uh, than those pros do. Could be right, could be wrong, things can change. We've got the combine coming up, rankings will change a little bit, but for now, those are the things that stood out to me. Next week, we'll be back with another podcast about the players that I have ranked lower than the pros at DLF. All right. That's a wrap for this week. My freaky friends, thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than X or Twitter. Contact me that way. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent guy out here in the Dynasty playscape, <laughs> you could call it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. 
We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.